Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Meet the Candidates. I'm your host, Jonathan Grabowski. Just a reminder, everyone, April 30th is Election Day in Marshfield, so please go out and vote. And join me as a candidate running for select board, and that's Joe Pasevich. Joe, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jonathan. It's good to be here again. Mm -hmm. It's getting to be old hat. It's all right. <laughs> we like having you on here. So we're going to talk about a wide variety of things, ranging from town issues to some fun stuff. So, But to kick it off, who's Joe Pasevich, those that don't know? Uh, you know, I have to say something a little bit more about my family this time around, because um, we're in some pretty stressful times right now. And um, my name is Joe Pasevich. Uh, does that name sound Irish to you? No. Does it sound kind of Slavic or Russian? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and Russian people are like really, uh, uh, really under the scrutiny these days. I mean, Russians have been banned from the, from the Boston Marathon. Mm -hmm. um, you can't play Russian music. You can't have Russian performers at the Carnegie Hall, et cetera, et cetera. But I just want people to know that my background is my folks are are from the Baltics, they're from Lithuania, they're from Belarus, um, they're from Poland, mm -hmm. uh, they are Slavic, uh, there, there was, uh, my, uh, my folks were originally from what was then known as the Russian Empire, <clears throat> but my ancestors fought against communism, they were in the, uh, the anti-red Bolshevik, they fought against the, anti, the, the red Bolsheviks, and every one of my uncles served honorably in the military. Uh, I have multiple, multiple relatives in law enforcement, in teaching, in public service. Um, I have my, my cousins all served. I couldn't serve because of a bad ear. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and my son is currently in the National Guard. Uh, so I just want to say that, you know, if, if the name sounds strange, it's because we're Slavic, but we are 100% red, white, and blue patriots. And uh, I was born in Cambridge. Uh, I was educated in the UMass system uh, with uh, studying geology and studying political science and environmental science. I've worked in the environmental consulting field for over 20 years. I'm basically retired now. But I find multitude of ways to keep myself busy. Mm -hmm. And one of them is involvement with town government and yeah. town affairs. Yeah. So talking about that community involvement of yours. Well, uh, let's see, my community involvement goes back to the 80s when I used to come down here and I started noticing wetlands being filled. And I got involved with trying to find out what was going on with the, the damages being done to wetlands and also basic uh, you know, maintenance issues regarding the town's infrastructure and roads. So I, I took an interest way, way back. Uh, and then when my son and I moved down here full time back in, I'd say 2021, I'm sorry, 2001, um, I immediately got involved with um, going to school council, uh, school, uh, council meetings, uh, coaching basketball with my son, uh, taking part in any number of activities related to the schools, especially where my son was involved. Uh, I had a blast being a coach. Uh, for several years I coached basketball, and that was one of the most rewarding experiences I had. And then from there I began to see pressures on the neighborhood, development pressures. And people knew about my background in environmental science and, so they, and, and political science and government uh, regulations. So they tapped me to help them out. And then I got involved in a lot of different development issues, especially regarding 40B developments. Uh, and it's, it's been nonstop. Since then, there isn't a committee that I haven't basically attended or monitored. 
I just went to a conservation hearing last night. I participated very rigorously and vigorously in the uh, uh, amending and updating uh, regulations that the Conservation Commission uh, is, uh, administers. And uh, I'm very active in uh, zoning board, uh, uh, in monitoring what the zoning board is up yeah. to. I'm very, very active in town meeting. I don't think I've missed a town meeting in all these years. So you were very in last. Active. So you were in last year. So talk about what did you learn from that experience? Turnout. Yes. <laughs> it's all about turnout. You know why? Every time you see an election and you see 1,500 or 1,800 people turn out, it really makes you dig into it and try to f understand what happened. Um, I've made several requests to the town clerk's office for election reports just to try to understand what is going on, why people are not turning out, why people aren't taking a greater interest in their local government. Um, and in that regard, I think the issue is, is that everybody is got um, basically uh, an attachment to mainstream media. You know, it's the big stories you see on the national news or you hear on the radio blaring constantly and people get grabbed by that, but they don't get the same kind of exposure to what's happening locally, even though what's happening locally is very exciting, very interesting, and very impactful to their lives and their wallets. So the problem is, is how do you get people interested in town elections, town government, town meeting, town issues? Mm -hmm. uh, and the turnout is the biggest indicator of, of where people are in, in that regards. Um, so, I looked into it quite a bit, um, and I've, I've learned a few things, and um, it's again, people are distracted by the mainstream narratives. Okay. But the problem is too, is that mainstream narratives have their parallels on the local level. Mm -hmm. It's because human nature being what it is, uh, you know, things go wrong or things go good, uh, uh, basically based on how individuals operate and what their belief systems are and what their values are. So why have you decided to run this year? Well, because uh, people are even more distracted by the national, by the mainstream narrative now than they ever were. And so the need to reach out and try to pull people back in to paying attention locally is even more critical now. It's, even, it's gotten even more critical, more, more dire. Um, and I'm, I have to try to do the best I can to try to get people involved. Sometimes issues do come up like the, uh, the parking lot or the trail that they have planned or they're trying to push through down at, the, uh, down at the town pier. That has gotten a lot of people energized and I've been really privileged to sort of help out those people in terms of how to get information, how to participate, what is a public records request, what is a definition of a public meeting? What is the definition of open meeting? What is the open meeting law, et cetera, et cetera? All the procedural things that people, uh, some people come from the city and they go, oh, we had a mayor. And you have what, selectmen? What, what's a selectman? You know, a lot of people don't even know the structure of our town government. Yeah. And I put some of that blame on the school system. Hmm. The schools need to be doing more. It's interesting you say that. So we always like to do a little Civics 101 here with yeah. all our candidates. So what's the role of the select board? The select board has got a very broad powers, very broad powers of oversight. They can basically call in any board or any committee member and ask what's going on. Like, how are you doing? How, how is your board or committee functioning? 
Um, they also are basically uh, sort of like C check chief executive offices, you know. Um, there's, under state and local law, there is a number of, you know, contractual arrangements, uh, procurements, um, uh, and other oversight activities that they're responsible for signing off on. So they're the, basically the stamp or the signature that has to go on the bottom of all major town business. But what people don't, and I want to emphasize again, what people don't usually pay attention to is the idea that they do have a big oversight responsibility. And they appoint scores and scores of committee and board members in this town. And the appointment of those committee and board members goes a long way to determining how your town functions. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So as someone that's active in town government, what's the current state of the town in your opinion? Um, here's another parallel, okay? If you are paying attention to the national, the national mainstream media, the narratives that mm -hmm. you see out there in mainstream media, there's such a, a big push now for censorship and control of information and dialogue it's, it's really scary at this point. You people being banned from Twitter, being banned from Facebook, being banned mm -hmm. from this, being banned from that, incorrect language being used, offensive language being used, et cetera, et cetera. Why is that? Because the, the people that are responsible for projecting that image have a, have a basically an agenda of sorts. Okay. They have a set of values of sorts. Now, on the local level, why is it that it is so hard sometimes to get information? Why is there missing? Why is it if we ask questions at town meeting, we're basically shut up, told to sit down? Uh, why is it that uh, when we may have an opinion, we're called misinformed or we're called naysayers? Why? Well, because I think on the town level, the people in charge of town government now do have an agenda. They have um, a vision and an agenda, whether it be uh, related to the green community concept, whether it be related to energy resiliency, whether it be related to school department policy, whether it be related to infrastructure down the road. They've got, their agenda is clear to them. And so the only way for their agenda to succeed mm -hmm. is to keep people in the dark or to propagandize. And so that's what's going on in town right now. That's a bad state of affairs. I think democracy is failing in Marshfield right now. We need to get people more involved and more informed, and we need to make sure the boards and committees are being open yeah. about what they're doing and the reasons why they're doing things. There's a question I'm gonna, I usually ask toward the end, but I'm gonna ask you right now since we're on this topic. Yeah. So you know, if you were elected, how would you make sure citizens were heard and make sure people aware of what the select board was doing? I will push for public participation at selectmen's meetings. That's the very first thing. You get a push for public participation. Also, um, it, this goes back many, many years. Even Patty Riley, who was a, uh, um, um, a, a select, select man back then, they called them select yes, men. They did. Okay, I don't want to get into those select man, yeah. select woman, select board, etc. I think whatever you want to be called, if that's your preferred pronoun, that's fine with me. But even Patty Riley saw the need for regular reviews mm -hmm. and more uh, an increased um, um, recruitment effort to get people to serve on boards and committees. So besides having public participation at selectmen's meetings, which some boards do, the best run board is the DPW board. 
Even though Chris Rowland, my opponent, the current, the incumbent, refers to the DPW board as dysfunctional, I strongly disagree. DPW board lets people participate. There's back and forth on the nitty gritty issues affecting their lives and affecting their town and this town and their neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So that would be the thing, is get people involved and also uh, be more active in terms of checking in with the various boards mm -hmm. and committees, even having them come in on a regular basis uh, and report. I wanna know the zoning boards, what their statistics are. How many special permits and how many variances have are applied to? Now, under the leadership of my other opponent, Ms. Fidler, it seems like they give out variances and special permits like candy. Uh, but the people voted certain zoning laws and regulations and they expect them to be enforced. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how these boards are performing and I want to also know um, like a, a user survey. Okay. You go to a, a conservation commission meeting for an issue related to your property uh, affecting you. I want some like um, feedback. I want okay. these people to be given a survey sheet. How did the board treat you? I want to gather that information, not to intimidate our board, our wonderful volunteers, but to help them get better. Okay. And I will institute awards for the best performing committee men and boards and committees in this town. So if you were elected, would this be the one thing, big thing you would work on? The communication is, is trying to create that community involvement, trying to get people away from the NBC and MSNBC screens and get them involved with, uh, with, uh, with town government. And MCTV is so important in, in that regard. So what's something you think the board's doing well and, and something maybe Vance is already the one thing that they could improve upon? Again, it's, it's public participation. It's okay. getting public participation. And it's also um, providing people, uh, in other words, uh, recognize the fact that people coming before your boards and committees can't all afford lawyers. You know, you can't all sure. afford environmental consultants or lawyers. Mm -hmm. You've got to be helpful to people to guide them through the regulations. I, I participated in the, uh, in the uh, Conservation Commission's review and amendment of regulations last night and several of my amendments were accepted. I was given a lot of praise. I was very, you know, glad to be there. That's how it should be. I had a good feeling from that. I want other people to also participate and get the same kind of rewarding okay. feeling. So what do you think is the biggest issue the town's facing? And if you were elected, how would you address it? How would you take it on? Uh, the biz biggest, the single biggest thing is again, openness and accountability. Openness, transparency, and accountability. For example, we've had multi-million dollar surpluses Okay, okay, over the last few years, multi-million dollar surpluses, and we're getting like $8 million COVID relief. As of now, it's gonna go up. Um, we need to let people know, you know, how the budget, budgeting process works, and we need to know where that money's going. Um, so I want to make it, I mean, the town, town government has made some efforts through the town hall website mm -hmm. to get information out there, but it's fallen far, far short. I mean, the town even got an award several years ago for saying we had one of the best uh, websites in the state. And I'm like, what, what, happened to that, what happened to that commitment to making a better website, you know? And MCTV, again, is a big part of that. MCTV is gonna be involved in providing information services you know, to okay. all the citizens. So that's where we got to, we've got to work on that. And then we've got to work on uh, development issues. 
Development issues are still a big, big thing in this town. If you elect me, I'm going to be the one on, on the inside advocating for the residents and for their quality of life. I'm the one that's going to be fighting against ridiculous 300 plus unit 40B developments. I've been a 40B, uh, uh, someone who's been fighting 40B in its current form for a long time. I've testified at the State House. I've been involved in campaigns to educate people about 40B. I've fought 40Bs and got them downsized or eliminated. And this is, 40B is one of the biggest threats to our town's character and yeah. our town's services. So when you mentioned development, are we talking housing? We, what, what exact, just go in a little detail because I know development's sometimes a big word. You know, there's a lot of other concepts for, for so-called affordable housing. The first thing the government has to do is make the town overall affordable. Take the foot off the accelerator when it comes to real estate taxes and fees. Make it possible for the people that do live here to maintain their property and to provide for their kids and their families. That's number one. First, that, that type of affordability okay. is number one. Number two, there's a lot of ideas out there. Like you go to, a, I've gone to Marshfield Housing Partnership meetings. Uh, God bless Jack Mather, he, and and you know, and uh, he got it right. He knew what people wanted. He had a very measured and and uh, methodical approach to providing affordable housing. Rest his soul. Um, but inside the Marshfield Housing Partnership, you've got different philosophies at work. Mm -hmm. You know, someone has to work with them and try to get them to focus, and also. On, on what's the best method for helping people attain some sort of shelter, some sort of housing. Mm -hmm. and, there are, and in that regard, there's a lot of ideas out there. There's some really novel ideas that we haven't really looked into. Um, I don't, you know, I don't want to stir, cause a controversy and scare anybody, but there are uh, 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 programs like cottage villages that are, that are being tried in different parts of the country. That's basically where you provide something on a six or eight hundred square foot uh, a residence for uh, one or two people, for example. Yeah. You know, but we also need to make this town family friendly. I, I oppose the acquisition of land up off of Ferry Street. It's now, I think there's a street there now, a small subdivision called was it Strawberry Bank or something. I oppose, they wanted, some people wanted to acquire that and make it just like a baseball field. Or, uh, and I was like, no. I saw that as an opportunity because I had heard what the developers wanted for some modest single-family homes. And things like that I support. Yeah, sure. and, But all development, I have to add just as a footnote, all development must be compatible with our environment. Agreed. So what's something you bring to the table in regards to being on the select board? Um, I'm not beholden to anybody. I think one of my opponents is going to be beholden to um, a major political party. Okay, now you don't have to be a brain surgeon or a high-powered political consultant to see that the Marshfield Democrat Party, lots of wonderful people there, <laughs> is supporting Mr. Rowland. They're going to come out for him. Developers are going to support Ms. Fiddler. Uh, they've seen how she acts on the, she's got a, she's got a record. We see how she acts on the zoning board. We know how she proceeds on the zoning board from my observation and my interpretation and, and the, the findings and the things that are issued from there. They're going to support her. She's also a town, a long time town resident. Okay. 
but they both have, they're both going to be beholden, I think, to special interests. I, my special interest is the people, are, are the individuals in this town that want their taxpayer, their tax dollars spent wisely, that want the quality of life, that want preserved, that want the town as it is, as, as it is um, that gave them a reason for moving here. They want that town preserved. They want Marshfield, as they fell in love with it, preserved. Excellent. So, so that, I'm not going to be beholden to one side or the other. I mean, you know, I had a neighbor filling wetland buffer zones, okay? Right. You know, did I shy away, you know, because it was, because it was going to affect my neighborhood and my environment? So now I have neighbors that hate me. But so in other words, I'm not afraid if you hate me. What I'm afraid is that you don't tell me what you think and you don't engage with me and talk about how to make things better. So if you're elected, you're one of three members. Right. So how would you work with your fellow board members to make sure the town's the best it can be? It's not important to work with them. It well, is not. Well, you're one. It's one of your. You're one of three people, and you need a right. couple of votes to get things done. The problem. Watch any selectman's meeting, and they always agree on everything, and all the votes are unanimous. And this has been going on for, I don't know, decades. Um, I'm not going to be afraid to openly and publicly say, no, uh, this is how I feel, this is my opinion, and if need be, I'm not going to vote with you on this issue, okay? Uh, and I'm going to want to have all the information available that's possibly available. No one's going to tell me how to vote, okay? I'm going to go to the residents that are impacted and find out what they think, and I'm not going to be shy about saying what I think about an issue. Uh, as far as getting along with them, well, getting along, um, their, their responsibility to me and my responsibility to them is to tell me what they think and why, even if it's a, goes contrary to what, to what, um, to what, they, um, to what I believe. Um, naturally, uh, no, I'm not going to throw spitballs. Uh, I'm not going to say, you know, you're a dope, you're a jerk. You know, when you get into a public office, there's obviously a certain decorum that, uh, that's just, it has to be observed. Okay, you see, you've seen the videos from various uh, board and committee meetings from around the nation. Oh, they're hilarious. And it's like, you know, it's like the, the Korean parliament, you know, where they're like fisticuffs and people jumping over chairs and yeah. everything like that and breaking things over each other's heads. No, no, there's an obvious decorum. I, 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 I uh, uh, believe in that, of course, but uh, no, our duty is to say what we believe uh, and to explain why. That's how I'll get along, and that's what I want my fellow selectmen to do with me. Right. So we're on the home stretch, so we always try to end with some fun, you know, because usually we end up with some really hard, difficult questions throughout these interviews. So what's a Joe Pasevich fun fact? Jeez, uh, you know, I've done this interview process several times. I think I've, I've run out of all my fun, well, fun facts. You can always recycle one. All right, okay, I'll recycle one. Uh, well, I, actually, I'll go back to what I was talking about before. Everybody seems to be focused on what's happening in Ukraine. God bless those people. I worked over there. I worked in Ukraine. I worked in Belarus. I've been all through that region, uh, you know, for personal reasons and for work-related reasons and um, on, on diff different projects uh, related to what Uncle Sam wanted to do over there. And uh, I actually, on one trip, I was there with a group of, um, uh, of diaspora members and fellow Ukrainians and Belarusians. And we had a meeting with President Lukashenko, 
of Belarus. And everybody's heard of President Lukashenko. We yes. call him Bachka. He's the last dictator of Europe. So we were, we were having a, a, like a forum, we were ha making, having a discussion, and so I got a chance to make a, a little presentation. And, and I started talking about the individual rights and the liberties of the people of Belarus, you know, and how important it was to give them opportunity and to realize their potentials, and then he shut the meeting down. <laughs> it was too much for, for the last dictator in Europe. It's fit his reputation. So <laughs> in, the, in the movie about you, who's playing you and why? Oh, man, who's playing me? Um, uh, uh, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not really into Hollywood and movie stars and all that kind of stuff. I, I'm really films. into classic movies. That's fine. Yeah, we're, those I'm are allowed, the, too. Yeah, I'm into the old classic movies. I would be like John Wayne or something like that. John right. Wayne. Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know about it. And as, no, I, uh, yeah, probably like someone like a, like yeah. a John Wayne character. Like, in other words, an independent, uh, rugged individual. Gotcha. Um, if people want to find out more about you, is there a place they can go, things of that nature? Yeah, uh, you can always call me, 781-422-1179. And also, I have a Facebook page, Joe, Joe for Select Man. Not Joe for Select Board, but Joe for Select Man. Is it the, the number four or is it? No, it's F-O-R. Just want to make sure so people know. F-O-R. Gotcha. And last but certainly not least, why are you the best candidate for this position? Again, because I am not beholden to anybody. I am not beholden to anybody. Not a Republican Party, not the Democrat Party, not any particular special interest. Um, I have a lot of strong beliefs that, you may, that may surprise you about how I feel about certain issues uh, with regards to environment and protection of air quality in the town. I have strong beliefs about education. Um, I'm going to be the person that's going to work to try to nurture and grow a more involved electorate starting right at the school levels. Uh, you know, we go to town meeting, we vote on the school budget, we vote it up and down. But guess what? There's nothing keeping a selectman or a selectman from being a liaison or going to school committee meetings or meeting school administrators and say, look, I'm begging you, we need good voters, we need more voters. And not indoctrinated in any way, but educated in the basics. Let's start with, this is town government and this is how it works. And this is your, this is your these are um, the places that you can fill in town government. So we need to go there. So that's why I'm gonna be the best one because my focus is gonna be on you, the voter, and you, the taxpayer, and not on a party or a special interest group like developers or financiers or anything like that. Joe, I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to wish you the best of luck throughout this always fun election season. It is. Isn't it a blast? It's it so much fun. It is. And hopefully we'll have a good, good day on April 30th, Saturday. Exactly. 9 good. to 4. Good. Thank you for mentioning that. And thank you, John, and thank you, MCTV. And that's all the time we have to meet the candidates. Until next time, make it a great day.